15. John chapter 15, John chapter 15, I want you to notice uh, verse number 3 again. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. There is not a more important subject uh, that I will ever preach on as far as uh, victory and success in the Christian life and the subject I will preach on tonight and the title of the message is Cleansed by the Word. Cleansed by the Word. Keep your Bibles handy as we get into the middle and then the end of the message we'll look at several verses. Heavenly Father, I pray for your power. I pray that we would see the importance of the truth. Now, Lord, preaching demands a decision. All of us tonight will hear and so we'll have the responsibility of what to do with the truth. We will either receive it and obey it, or we will reject it. If we reject this truth, it will hurt us severely in the Christian life. Help each one to listen, and I prayed especially for our children and young teenagers that they would hear the message tonight to heed the truth, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. All of us have times of renewal and rededication of our lives to God. All of us confess sin to God and ask Him to forgive us. And we should daily ask God for His forgiveness. We ought to keep a short account with God. I believe there ought to be a time that we allow the Holy Spirit of God to search our hearts and our lives and see if there's anything in us that needs to be changed or sins confessed. There are times in the life of a Christian that there is a major sin failure. I'm talking about that like of King David and the sin that he confessed in Psalm 51 as I preached last Sunday night, or like that of the prodigal son who took his inheritance, who went into the far country and he wasted his substance on riotous living. He came back to his father and he said, I have sinned. What a good story it is. Not every prodigal makes it back from the far country. I'm glad that he did. Peter who denied knowing the person of the Lord Jesus. The Bible said that sin caused him to weep bitterly. I sure am glad when Jesus arose from the grave, he said, go tell the disciples and Peter. I'm glad God is a God of forgiveness. I'm glad that he is such a God of love. Peter renewed his life. He got his sin forgiven. I have helped to counsel people through the years, and there are several folks now that I speak to on a regular basis that are working to overcome a particular sin or an addiction in their life. I've led many to Christ that when they trusted Christ as Savior, they were enslaved two sins that had a hold on them. They were addicted and had been for many years. Some have struggled 
Some have succeeded. Some sadly have returned to their sins and are enslaved tonight by their sin. Now look right this way. I've noticed something not only through experience, but I want to show it to you in the Word of God that's very plainly given. It is the Word of God that cleanses us from sin and sets us free. Don't miss this statement. Sometimes we stop at the, for, we stop at the confession and forgiveness of sin and we never enter a cleansing of sin. We bring our sin to the altar and we ask God to forgive us. And I believe with all of my heart, 1 John 1, 9 says exactly, means exactly what it says. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And then he adds, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But I believe the work of cleansing of sin in our life is connected to the Word of God. I believe that the Bible is the cleansing agent for our lives to cleanse us from sin. I believe there is a cleansing that comes from the reading of the Word of God and from the hearing of the Word of God that we all need. I was in a store Friday or Saturday and I don't remember where it was and I heard that, that announcement we've heard a thousand times over of the importance of washing our hands. Now, I, I, I agree with that and it's important. I've learned that and heard that since I was a boy. Wash your hands, keep your hands clean, uh, keep your hands out of your face and all of that kind of thing. Uh, but if Christians were as serious about spiritual cleansing as we are physical cleanliness, we would have a more successful Christian life. I believe that the Word of God not only daily cleanses us, it helps us to overcome sin that would bind us and it would even prevent sin that would enslave us. I am concerned tonight that many Christians, many children and teenagers and young people and even those that are seniors that have been Christians for years do not spend enough time in the Word of God to have a life that is clean and pure before God. I believe God forgives sin as we confess our sin, but I believe we are cleansed by the reading of the Word of God. I don't think we can succeed. In fact, I don't think we can survive in this world as a Christian without a direct connection to the Word of God. When you have a wound, a cut, or an open wound, the first thing they do before they would stitch or repair or fix that is to clean the wound. Uh, when I was in Bible college, I was at work and I was uh, working at an auto parts store and uh, I was uh, mixing paint. I mixed a lot of paint as that uh, uh, parts store sold a lot of paint and especially uh, to a company that painted brown UPS trucks. I mixed uh, 10,000 gallons of, of uh, UPS brown paint. And uh, you would take the base of the white paint and then you would add, in those days, it was not an electronic scale. Um, 
You remember those days, don't you? Back in the 1900s. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, uh, you, you would put a weight, so many grams of weight on a scale, and then you would pour the pain in until it, until it balanced out. Uh, now and again, you would get uh, drops of paint uh, on the scale, and it would dry. And uh, so you'd take a razor blade, and you'd scrape that off. Somebody had uh, scraped off the scales, but they had not cleaned the scales. And so I was wiping the scales off that loose paint and didn't know a part of the razor blade, blade had broken off under a screw and was sticking up. So it cut two of my fingers. And uh, in fact, I didn't feel it cut it. I just felt something wet and looked and uh, there was no red paint. It was me. And, uh, and I remember going to the doctor and the most painful thing of that was the cleansing of those wounds. I, once they numbed it, it was fine. They could sew it up and it didn't bother me, but the cleansing. And I remember the doctor telling me, and they were asking what kind, of, what caused the wound, and I was telling them about the paint. And I, if I hadn't told that, it wouldn't have been so difficult, but they wanted to make sure there was no, no paint or chemical in there. And so they, they flushed it out. They cleansed it. And they were telling me, if we don't do that, uh, it can cause an infection. You know how they go on and on. Then you could lose a finger, then a hand, then an arm, and then, and uh, okay, 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 just clean it out. I get it, I get it. Now the truth is, a lot of times we sin before God, and as David confessed the various uh, uh, guilts and uh, weights and consequences of his sin, we often confess our sin, but we don't spend enough time in the Word of God uh, to have a mind and a heart and a soul that is cleansed uh, by the Word of God. We get forgiveness of our sin, but we don't allow God to use His Word to cleanse our life we allow don't miss the statement we allow the relief of confession we allow the relief of forgiveness to satisfy us rather than having God's word to cleanse us are you listening to me tonight I mean this as much as I mean it when I preach against liquor. I mean this as much tonight when I preach against gambling and I preach against the sins of the world. God's people must understand that we need more than just a confession and a forgiveness. Thank God for the relief. Thank God for the blessings that he forgives us. Oh, but dear friend, if we don't take the word of God to cleanse us, it won't be long till we will repeat that behavior that brought about that sin. So many return to the same sin and they return soon because they allowed confession to satisfy them rather than their soul to be cleansed by the word of God. John 15, 3 says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Take your Bibles and go to Ephesians chapter 5 quickly. Ephesians chapter 5. And I want you to go down to verse number 26. He's talking about the husband loving his wife. And he is giving the comparison as Christ loved the church. Uh, so, ought Christ, uh, so ought the husband uh, to love his wife. And then he says, after saying that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, he says in verse 26, that he might sanctify. That means set apart for a specific purpose. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. 
The Word of God is a cleansing agent that purifies and that sanctifies the child of God. Take your Bibles and go to Psalm 119. Right in the middle of your Bible, we were in Psalm 119, verse 49 this morning. Look at verse number 9, Psalm 119 and verse number 9. The Bible says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Here's the answer, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Notice the cleansing is connected to the word of God. Cleansing is not a pronouncement, it is a process. Now don't misunderstand forgiveness. Don't misunderstand confession. When we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin, but our minds are cleaned through the word of God. Our souls, our conscience, our lives are clean through the word of God. Take your Bible and go to Psalm number 51, where we were last Sunday night. And notice as the psalmist confessed his sin, Notice uh, the detail of how he asked God not just to forgive him, but he asked God to cleanse him. You know, it's a good thing to feel clean. It's a good thing to be clean. And the Word of God is the water that cleanses our life. Notice what he says in Psalm number 51. Notice in verse number 1. Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Notice these words. Wash me truly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. When you go through this chapter, you find that the psalmist felt dirty. He felt ashamed. He carried guilt. His spirit was quiet, uh, quieted within him. He was bitter. He had no joy. He had no gladness. Uh, fear had taken the place of faith. And God did forgive David. But David hungered for God to wash him and cleanse him. He wanted to be clean before God. And may I say to you tonight, I want to be clean before God. I want to live a life that's clean in this world. But it does not come from desire. It comes from obedience to reading the Word of God. In the book of Isaiah, we find that the prophet preached to them at a very difficult time in their history. Uh, the, uh, the uh, nation of Israel had abandoned the Lord and His ways. And they were living in sin and open idolatry. They were worshiping, but they were worshiping the false gods that they had made uh, with their hands. Take your Bibles and go to Isaiah uh, chapter 1. In this chapter, we find Isaiah telling them uh, the result of their sin. Now, when he gives them the result of their sin and what their sin had caused, he tells them in verse number 18, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Look at me, too many Christians just want to be forgiven. They don't want to carry guilt. Not enough Christians want to be 
clean or cleansed before God. That ought to be our heart's desire. You know, there was a day in America we had an integrity that if we had wronged someone, not only did we desire forgiveness, we wanted to make sure we paid back the problem or the loss that we had caused. Are you with me tonight? Uh, when Zacchaeus was saved, he said, uh, not only do I want to be uh, saved, uh, I want to restore fourfold of what I've taken from people. And that is exactly the idea and the principle that I'm preaching tonight. I don't, wanna, I don't want God just to forgive me for being wrong. I want to be clean. You understand when the prodigal son came home uh, from the uh, far country, he asked his father to cleanse him or uh, to forgive him. But not not only was he forgiven, he told him, he said, get the robe and the ring and the shoes. You know what he was saying? Get rid of the dirty clothes. Get rid of the dirty shoes. Get rid of all that sin had marked your life and be clean before me. And that's what I hunger and that's what I desire. But we can't be clean outside of reading the word of God. If you look at Isaiah chapter 18, verse number 2, they were in great rebellion against the Lord. Look at it here, O heaven, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they've rebelled against me. That's sad. Nothing more painful than to love, to rear, to invest, to give to your children. And they rebel against you with an attitude it is not deserving. And that's what they'd done to God. Verse number three, they refused to acknowledge God and the result was they were dumber than barnyard animals. Look at verse number three. The ox knoweth his owner and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider him. In Isaiah chapter one, Isaiah chapter 1. Verse number 4, they provoke God to anger. Ah, sinful nation. You know what America needs right now? America needs men of God to look at it square in the eye and say your problem, your problem tonight is sin and rebellion against God. The problem with America, the reason there's rioting in our cities, the reason there's no safety, the reason there's destruction of property, the reason there is such behavior in our nation today is because of godlessness and shaking a fist in the face of God and sin. America needs a cleansing tonight and America will not have a cleansing unless it gets back to the principles of the word of God. I want you to notice in verse number five, they wouldn't respond to the Lord chastening them. Why should you be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. You know what he was saying? I tried to get your attention. That earthquake wasn't a mistake. I was trying to get your attention. That hurricane wasn't a mistake. I was trying to get your attention. The pandemic wasn't an accident. I was trying to get your attention. God said, I've chastened you. Your response was not, your response was not asking forgiveness. Your response was an increase of rebellion. Look at verse number seven. 
Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Sort of sounds like Baltimore and Portland and Milwaukee and all the other cities they're setting fire to. Where does it come from? They turn their back on God. Very simple. They sinned against God. You can't sin against God and have joy and happiness and gladness. You can't do it. You can't sin against God as our nation is shaking its fist in the face of an almighty and a righteous and a holy God and expect our nation to prosper. Israel, this great nation, the nation of God, the people that were the apple of his eye, violence filled their land. Verses 9 and 10, the Bible said, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom. We should have been like unto Gomorrah, hadn't it been for a righteous remnant. And I'm going to tell you tonight, the only reason America is still standing is because there's a few Christians that still love God enough to walk with Him through the week and be in church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and still hunger for the presence and power of God and hunger tonight to be right with God. If it weren't for the righteous remnant, Don't look to the politician and say that's our hope. The politician ought to wake up and look at the church and say that's the only reason America is still surviving tonight. There's still a few preachers preaching the Bible. There's still a few teenagers living a clean life. There's still a few young people that want to please God. Verse 11 through 15, they were religious, said all kind of religious services, and God said... Your religion is nothing but an abomination to me. You live in sin and act like you have a a, a sacrifice. But in the midst of this sad commentary, we see an amazing scene. Israel should have been seeking God, and they should have been looking for ways to mend their relationship with God, but instead... The Lord is seeking his people and he invites them to come to him. And I want you to notice the precious invitation that's given not only to the wickedness of Israel in this day from the prophet Isaiah. This is exactly what could happen in our nation tonight. Verse number 18, come now and let us reason together. The prophet said, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as well God doesn't want us just to be forgiven he doesn't just want there to be a confession he wants us to be clean before him let me give you some understanding of what this verse means the word scarlet and the word crimson refer to a dye a coloring dye that was extracted both from shellfish and certain types of insects when white garments were dyed with these colors They could never be white again. These colors were both colorfast and indelible. They could not be removed from the garment once they were there. Once the dye had touched the garment, there was no human means or chemical that could ever return them to their pure state. And God describes the sins of Israel as being like a garment stained scarlet and crimson. They were dirty and they could do, uh, uh, they could uh, ever do, uh, never do anything that would take away the stain. 
but God had the power to make them whiter than snow and pure as wool. And I want to say tonight what God said to Israel, God says to America, and God says to his church tonight, though there is no chemical that can make you clean, I can make you clean. I can make you whiter than snow. I can make you clean as wool. I don't know about you, but I hunger to be clean before God tonight. I hold in my hand the cleansing agent. By the way, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus in this wonderful book are the same tonight. Jesus is the living flesh of this written Word. It was His shed blood on the cross of Calvary. That blood, His Word, cleanses us from our sin tonight. We don't have an economic problem in America. We got a sin problem in America. We don't have a psychological problem in America. We have a sin problem in America. We don't have a race problem in America. We've got a sin problem. And there's only one that can cleanse it and make it whole and make it white and make it clean. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God is a cleansing agent. Don't let confession satisfy you. Hunger to be clean before God. Five statements as I begin to close. This is a big plane. It'll take me a while to land it. Let me give you these things. Number one, recognize the cleansing power of the Word of God. Recognize the cleansing power of the Word of God. Take your Bibles and go to that precious verse in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, recognize the cleansing power of the Word of God. This book is not just a wonderful book, though it's wonderful. It's not just a miraculous book, though it is a miracle. It is not just a spectacular book, though it is spectacular in everything about it. This book is alive. It is the living Word of God. Though the philosophies of men have been written on the pages of papers and placed in books, those books may be good and great, but they're dead. This book right here is the living Word of God. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12, verse number 12, for the Word of God is quick. That means it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder. It has the ability to separate the soul from the spirit. A preacher friend who's in heaven now sat in a doctor's office and he said, I have a sinful past and though I am forgiven sometimes, my conscience bothers me. He said, I wonder, Doc, if you could take a surgeon's knife and remove my conscience. If I could, I'd have it surgically removed. The doctor said that is not possible. There is no such organ as a conscience. It's a part of the mental state. But I hold in my hand tonight a book that is sharper than a surgeon's scalpel. This old book right here is able to divide right down to the soul and spirit of a man and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. How many times have you gone to a church service and you thought the preacher had been following you all week and taking notes? Some of you have been wondering where I've been this week. Ah, but dear friend, it's not the preacher. 
It's that old book right there. Realize the power of the Word of God. It ought to have a more prominent place than to hold the dolly down on your coffee table at home. It ought to have a place in your heart. Yes, it's a tragic and a terrible thing that the Ten Commandments have been removed from prominent places in in state buildings. But the worst removal of the Ten Commandments is when it was taken from the hearts of men and women because we stopped reading the Bible in our homes. It was a blessing yesterday as I shared the testimony of, of Samantha and Sam and uh, both of them saved its children. Uh, she, after hearing a message on hell, went home and beside her mother on their knees received Christ as Savior. Sam's testimony was at a family altar. I just wanted to stop and shout and say praise God for families that have a family altar. Sunday's not enough for you. We need a little cleansing of the water on Mondays like we do on Sunday. I don't know about you, but I want to be clean on Tuesday like I am on a Sunday night. Thank God for families that open the Bible and read the Word of God to their children. They may not understand everything you read, but they do understand that Dad's reading the book. After reading the story of Christ and the crucifixion and the purpose of Him dying on the cross, Sam said to his father, I need to be saved. That's the hope for America is when our homes get back to being clean by the word of God. Recognize its power. Number two, read the Bible every day. Quit saying you don't understand it. You married men say to me, well, I don't understand it. Well, you're still married. You tell me you understand her. I'd like to talk to you a little while after the service tonight. I've got several men that would like to get some pointers. This idea, you don't understand it. You understand it, it's conviction. That's why we don't want to read it. It's our flesh is lazy. That's why we don't want to read it, but I need it. I don't want to always stop my hands, uh, stop and wash my hands, especially when fried chicken's on the table. But you have to stop and wash your hands. Read it every day. I want to say number three, meditate on the word of God. Psalm number one, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. We tried to analyze and figure out all these problems, these conservative talking people. They got it all figured out. They don't have anything figured out. You want to know the answer? Pick this book up every morning. You'll find the answer. You'll turn those fellows on and think, my goodness. It's a shame they don't read the Bible. They could have solved that in 15 minutes instead of spending two hours talking about it. Number three, read it to live by it, not just to read it. Study it to understand it. I don't have time to teach a message on how to study the Bible, but but I have sermons on that and I've preached on the subject, learn to study the word of God. Young people, are you reading the Bible? You know, you know, you know why you don't read the Bible? Look at me. You, you, you know why you don't want to read the Bible? Let, let me say it like this. You know why we don't want to read the Bible? Because our flesh doesn't like to be told what to do. I, I didn't say you. I said, you know why we, we don't? We have to tell our flesh, you'll do exactly what God said to do. 
And you'll rejoice through the day that you've been obedient. And by the way, you may read something that you didn't need when you read it, but you don't eat your groceries on the way home from the store either. Not all of them. You, you eat some of them. Hopefully you buy more than what you can eat on the way home. You buy some to put on the shelf to eat on Monday and Tuesday. Sometimes you put together a menu plan for the week and you, and, and, and you buy groceries to take care of those meals for the week. We need to read the Word of God every day and we need to study it to understand it. Let me read these notes as I'm finished. You want to be cleansed from sin? Choose a passage of Scripture to read slow and over and over again. Read all of Psalm 119 and see how it will cleanse you. Read Psalm 51. You want to know God's heart about holiness? Read the book of Leviticus. You want to know about the psalmist and others' prayers and praise to God? Study the psalms. I was talking to some folks this week whose hearts were broken. They're here in church tonight. And I said, life is not always a happy occasion. There are many times that God's men wept through the night. There are many times that they were angry at God. You know what they did? They stayed right there in the presence of God until God gave them the spirit that they needed. It's understandable that we don't understand or we get upset. But friend, what we need is this old book right here. That will calm us. That will answer our questions. That will straighten out our attitude. That will straighten out our thinking and our behavior. We need the Proverbs for wisdom. The wisdom of God revealed through men. We need the Gospel of John to read over and again the saving power of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus. We need the Exodus to understand the heart of God regarding law. We need the book of Deuteronomy to understand the constitution of a nation and the ways of God and the ways that God wants to bless a nation. We need to be, read the book of Romans and you'll find yourself right there when Paul said, when I would do good, evil is present with me and I struggle to do right. All of us struggle to do right. Oh, but dear friend, you'll never have victory in doing right without the word of God. Stand with me tonight, if you will. I want to ask you tonight, if you're not being a Bible reader, I want to ask you whether you set a goal to read it through, set a goal to read it tomorrow. Read something tomorrow that will help you. They asked Dr. Tom Malone, he's in heaven now. They said, how long do you read the Bible every day? How much? He said, I read it until I get the heartburn. He said, I read it till my heart burns with the truth. I read it till I get something out of it. How long do you eat till you're satisfied and then a little more? Did you save room for dessert, they asked. I didn't have room for the meal when I came in, let alone for dessert. We need to read the Word of God.